Welcome, Unga Bunga, to Podcast 1999, me make podcast about Space 1999, me host Mark, this other host. Why this other host right here is Matt Cobbages, and now I'm okay again, okay. That's my bit screaming. Uh, lots of screaming in the full circle. Is that is that the full circle? You go to screaming and then you come back, or you go to bad grammar and then you come back? I think the full circle is this show. This episode should have been titled "The Missing Link," but that was already used. Yeah, I think when we did "Missing Link," I thought this is what that episode. I yeah, I thought that's what was coming when we watched that one. So because I mean, I I'm not saying remember. this episode should have ever come at all, but it. <laughs> Could have at least been titled that instead of the full circle, which I assume refers to how they sort of speculate at the end that maybe there will also be different for 80,000 years from now. Well, um, okay, I, I guess we're just going to lay things on the table. In the past, you've like collision course, you just laid out directly as being stupid, where it's like, I don't know, you know, I stupid seems like a harsh word. Um, is this one entertaining? Yes. Is it stupid? Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> this is this is the thing. I mean, I absolutely love our uh, our episodes with guest hosts, guest guest stars of the episode. Our guests, they always know more than we do, and it's always fun talk to them. And I'm sure that they're listening to these and they're probably the only people listening to these episodes. Um, I have started to dread episodes that were not claimed by someone. Because this is what they are. I think this. I randomly assigned a couple of them, but uh Okay, well uh, still that makes me feel better when I see someone's name under it, then I know that maybe someone likes it. Um this is I hey. liked collision course a lot more than you did for one. Um but I, yeah. I don't know if this is in your trivia or not, but uh, in the novelization, apparently, um, when that planet vanishes, this is the planet right behind it in the novelization, <laughs> which I wish I wish they had done that. <laughs> I like just the idea of stupid, crappy planets just lined up one after the other. <laughs> yeah. Some stuff on them. <laughs> like that would have like if they had made it a two parter or this planet was right behind yeah. it, I'd be like a little more on board, maybe. So maybe I needed I to read the book version. Yeah, I, I agree. I was entertained by this episode more than by Collision Course. There wasn't anything infuriating, but there wasn't really anything. It was just sort of, if if there's anything that made me angry about this episode is that they put so many bongos in the score because someone was so proud of themselves for, ooh, we're going to do caveman stuff. Unga bunga, bongo bongo. Ooh. I kind of like the bongos, to be honest, but I like the Olatunji Drums of Passion album, too. So I I, I, I like bongos, too. It's just the, the feeling that Paul someone Simon's is just Rhythm of the Saints super has excited. All, those aren't bongos. Those are Brazilian percussion. I like those. Oh, OK. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, You know, this is Tiki Tiki Times so Tiki episode, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to mix up Brazilian percussion with, you know, or African percussion with, you know, 
cavemen. We're we're talking musically here. Okay, I don't know. I don't know a damn thing about any of it. Just like in the, you know, the six, uh, maybe 1958, there was the Ulatunji uh, Drums of Passion album, which was basically the first big world music album. And I felt like they were just kind of doing that. Yeah, that's not, I don't think world music is a great look. Because world just music in, in the general. late 50s was Martin Denny and Les Baxter, which doesn't actually, I love that stuff. I mean, but it doesn't I love that stuff count. too. It doesn't actually I love that count stuff as world too. music. But that's the thing. Yeah. When I think of world music, I think of just sort of embarrassing Paul Simon stuff. Mm, I like that album. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, you, you, but, don't, you don't have to like that album. That doesn't have to be your cup of tea. Um, I don't think it's for everyone. You got some even trivia? though it's called world music. So you would think if it's called world music, it would be for everyone in the world. It's for Yet, everyone but you. Everyone but me. And here's trivia for everyone but me. I guess I already know the trivia. This episode is fifteenth in production order. Barbara Bain preferred working within a studio, so she and Martin Landau refused to film on location. So their outdoor scenes were all filmed on stage or on Pinewood Studios grounds. The rest of the cast was actually looking forward to getting out of the studio, but incessant rain made them all look forward to getting back to the studio. This was the only episode in season one filmed away from the studio and its lot. Uh, the episode was filmed immediately after Death's Other Dominion, so the ice caves of Ultima Thule were painted over for the caves in this episode. Xenia Merton ended up drunk from the brandy given to her to warm up, warm her up because she was chilly from wearing the animal skin, and she was also bitten by several insects. Also, Barbara Bain told her to take it easy on uh, Martin Landau when she was hitting him with the styrofoam boulder, even though she thought that was kind of ironic because Martin Landau basically almost put her in the hospital a few episodes ago in Guardian of Peary when he grabbed her and shook her really hard. Um, anyway, our director is Bob Kellett. You recently saw his work on Voyager's Return. He will be Voyager's Return. He will be back for one more in season one after this. We have two co-writers this week who worked who I'm having a short time. We have two co-writers this week who wrote this with Jerry Anderson, and for both of them, this is their only Space 1999 credit, and as is tradition for the show, they were a husband and wife team. They got involved because they were friends of Sylvia Anderson, but also their script was heavily rewritten by Bob Kellett, who did not get a writing credit. <laughs> Jesse Lasky Jr. was born in 1910 in New York and was actually the son of the man who produced the first full-length motion picture in Hollywood. The Squaw Man in 1914. This feels thematically important. Uh, even though Jesse Sr. lost his shirt in the 1920s stock market crash, Jesse Jr. eventually climbed the ranks of Hollywood and wrote many notable works such as Seven Women from Hell, Hot Blood, and The Ten Commandments. His wife, Pat Silver, co-wrote several scripts with him, including this one. And also, they wrote an episode of Danger Man. Uh, Silver was born in Seattle, Washington as Barbara J. Carlton. I don't know why she changed all that much, but Pat Silver is pretty catchy. Uh, she's also published a number of songs for singers such as Johnny Mathis and has a long career as a story editor and script consultant. They stayed married until his death in 1988. And then they were no longer married. Because right. he was so, so Space 1999 did not destroy that particular marriage. No, just time. Time 1988 <laughs> destroyed the marriage. Uh, since most of the cavemen are our own cast, the main guest star on screen is Oliver Cotton, who is credited as Spearman. That's one word. Uh, he was born in London in 1944 and has a typically illustrious career um, of our Space 1999 guests. 
He, he appears in Space Precinct, The Bone Hunter, The Dark Knight Rises, Ripper Street. He voices several characters in the excellent Hitman reboot trilogy. Most recently appeared in The Last Duel in 2021. So the cotton train shows no signs of slowing down. Also, Aretha is an anagram of Earth. That's it. Okay. I'll do a story then. Here's that story. I'll do it. Moonbase Alpha is scouting the planet Retha. An away team in Eagle 6 mysteriously disappears. So Commander Koenig and Dr. Russell fly down in Eagle 1 and also disappear. More people continue to fly down, scout the planet, and disappear. Dr. Bergman, who is put in charge of main mission, back on the moon base. Hello, Norton antivirus. Go away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dr. Bergman, who is put in charge of main mission back on the moon base, leaves his post to also search for the increasing number of missing crew. And he finds them all right. A strange mist has turned them all into cavemen and cavewomen. Alan Carter, down on the planet, did not work this out on his own and prepares to start shooting them dead as they've kidnapped crewmate Sandra, tied her up, and put her in fetish gear. They get Carter they, the memo and find Koenig at the edge of the mist. He is back to his moon-based self. Bergman surmises that the mist is some kind of time warp. The Alphans herd their cavemen compatriots into the mist. Norton is back! What the? <laughs> Norton won't go away. <laughs> Did the mist turn Norton into a caveman too? I think so. Anyway, uh, the Alphans herd their caveman compatriots into the mist and they come back out spacemen. Unfortunately, no one has any memory of their caveman experience, so, so no one really learns anything. And thus the moon careens past Retha, the Alphans always in search of a new home. Okay, I've never had that happen before, and now this I I have this giant. There we go. Okay, it was still I avoid just like, that by not having Norton <laughs> or anything else. <laughs> I've never had a pop up when I was reading my summary before. Uh. Um, anyway, yeah, maybe one of the issues retroactively on this episode is it kind of became like two separate episodes of Garth Marenghi later on. <laughs> yeah, the Scotch Mist and the, the Apes the, of Wrath. Yeah, Apes of Wrath, yep. <laughs> like like both of them kind of like I would kept thinking, where have I seen this before? I, oh, I have that in my notes. This seems the, familiar a couple of times. Yeah, which, <laughs> I mean, that's 30 years later when they made Garth Marenghi, so I don't know. Can we really pin but, it on this? Or did they just like laser point like what they did wrong in this episode a little too hard this is a british show so it's not you know out of the question that someone saw this and then wrote those episodes based on you know what i mean it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility no but that was kind of I mean you heard my snark coming through a little bit in the summary which i usually avoid but in this one like okay seven person crew on this planet's missing we we deal with this stuff every week so Maybe they should have some protocol. So, okay, let's send the commander down. He also goes missing. And then he's put Bergman in charge. So Bergman comes down. Who Bergman, fortunately, doesn't go missing. But it's like, no, you're supposed to stay on the base. He put you in charge of the base. What are you doing? Yeah, I was. I felt like there were just things missing. Like, I don't. 
did, did they show them getting John back to to the base? Because I, it seemed like he just sort of appeared there. I don't. I wasn't. It wasn't clear to me that even people were disappearing because they weren't really talking about it all that much. Like I thought the cavemen were doubles for a minute. Was yeah, I just not paying enough thing. attention? I pretty. I mean, once I you know recognized who is behind who is behind all the dirt and fake beards, I, I worked out. I assume oh. that was actually them. Yes. So I, okay. I at least I made did, I, that leap. I was like some intelligent life is copying them and making caveman out of them which makes just exactly as much sense it doesn't yeah it may possibly more sense than this because the whole idea that they you get beaten half to death by a boulder and you're okay because your body forgot that you were a caveman or something <laughs> well that, he did have a uh he did have a head uh trauma thing going on well you know the 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 the, the the clue would be that there's no cave Sandra because that there would be a cave Sandra. Well, she didn't go through the mist. She just, but yeah, they, they gave, but I didn't the even really pick up skins. that the mist was doing anything to them. Yeah. The, uh, the just... mist was like a, a sort of, I don't, this might've been the book. This might've been me doing the, the trivia that I don't write, but uh, right. it, Bergman had, now I got to look if it is just, I figured out by the only end, in the but novelization. I'm saying during the episode itself, I was confused. Okay. No, I I think Bergman properly mentions in this that um, it, it's a time warp mist, but that he just that's just a waving away. It's it's not like an actual explanation, you know. I mean, it's about as good as a wizard did it. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, it's almost like true to form for a stupid, dumb, stupid episode. It, it ends with Koenig smiling in a freeze frame. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely noted that. <laughs> I have a note about that. Um, <laughs> I want to see why. Just uh, oh yeah, smiling freeze frame. Okay. I, so, yeah, no, uh, no. smiling freeze frame. Where was I going with that? I, I am gonna say some good things about this episode too, of course. But it is just like, like so, like collision course. I was kind of like, okay, I thought it was mildly interesting that this weird faith question, which made you angry, but I was mostly <laughs> fine with that. Um. But yeah, here it's just like no, this the, there's zero sense in this. The time warp also makes everyone sprout a bunch of hair, and their clothes mm -hmm. turn into cavemen clothes. And what? And, this, um, this feels like a first season Next Generation episode to me. Don't you? I, do you kind of feel like that? I feel like those tend to be smarter. <laughs> yeah, um, could be. It's been a while. A, here's another thing I was thinking at the end of the episode that the book does apparently clear up uh sorry i'm doing the brian thing this week and bringing in the book um right, here it. it's like okay so there's this weird mist put some orange cones around it and you can settle on the rest of the planet <laughs> <laughs> you um, just have kids and you like duh you've been playing in the mist again uh, you stay out of the mist cage you're gonna turn into a goon uh sorry that's a little bunny foo -foo I mean, thing. really might have been on pc <laughs> you can cut that i don't care um that little bunny um, foo -foo, people know that I did the reference I'm, works. I'm worried that Unga Bunga is on PC. I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boogie Boogie? Yeah. That was in the, the night. The thing is, the cavemen don't really do all that much. They're afraid of technology. There is, I think, really, Sandra does more to caveman John than anybody does to anybody else the whole time, right? Because well, they're not they kinda... very peaceful cavemen. I was going to say, though, I, I do love watching the 
caveman people. That's not really like my genre. You know, I don't I'm not that into the caveman movie, but um yeah. Barbara Bang going around screaming incoherently and <laughs> then and then um Martin Landau incoherently screaming back. That's great stuff. There was something in the trivia about like their one of their kids came home from something and Barbara Bain was dressed up in a caveman outfit screaming oh, it, into it, a mirror. It said her her daughter brought her then boyfriend home for the first yeah. time and that's what she was in, she was covered <laughs> in dirt screaming. <laughs> Which I appreciate they really went for it here and I appreciate that. I I always appreciate that little extra effort. Um, oh, I think her but, effort, Bane's effort came across really well. That that was on yeah. screen. When I heard she was doing it, I was like, yes, of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> which which is funny because when you look at the trivia, they're they're like, we refuse to go and shoot on location. So they sound kind of prickly, but then they, they do some of the best work. Um, okay, let's try and I know we've jumping around a lot. The, <laughs> early on, Alan gets snared in a trap. So basically whoever turned into cavemen had time to build a trap. And then one caveman jumps into the hole and it's fine. I guess that's the spear man. One caveman jumps into the hole and like faces him in one-on-one combat where the other two cavemen are on outside the hole staring. These cavemen are stupid. They're not good. And that hole (laughs) took some time to dig in a a perfect cube. That would have taken like days, and they do that. But like, if you catch a guy in your hole, you just stab him, throw spears at him. Don't jump in the hole and bite him one one at a time. That's just ridiculous. Well, that could be their ritual, you know, uh, that they established three honor. hours earlier. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. May- maybe this this. Also, they worked out this kind of general plot thing better almost 10 years later with Return of the Jedi, because it like if we change the cave into the Ewoks, I mean, that kind of it turns into the last third of Jedi, uh, not not counting all the space stuff, ironically. And, and I suppose the Eagles have just no security at all because cavemen are able to just break in there and take Sandra or just walk in there. I guess she didn't lock the door. You know, do they need locks? I mean, they need airlocks, but um, yeah, you need locks. There's all kinds of stuff. I mean, they were meant to rove around on the moon. So if you land somewhere on the moon, who's going to steal your eagle? Moon creatures, the, the, the iron space, sky, space Nazis will steal your eagle. <laughs> Nuclear zombies. I did like how the jungle setting became like a full on parking lot, like three fourths into the episode. There was like three <laughs> eagles parked there. <laughs> Yeah, and they have that cool whatever the hell it is power wheels where three of them can barely fit in in it, that yellow thing. I wanted to see like 15 eagles. Like they just kept sending people down. They just <laughs> kept turning into cavemen because <laughs> that's basically what they were doing anyway. So let's own it, own it. Just have like 15 eagles parked there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they probably don't have 15 eagles. If we're gonna be a little nonsensical, let's let's really rock it, you know. So, I do you think this episode would have been better if they just had paid actors to play the cavemen and then wrote something else? Do you think no, this would have been better? No? no, because then we would not have um, Martin Landau and Barbarian screaming at each other in yeah. like caveman clothes. That okay? Uh, it, like again, I I said I I 
feel bad. I am just going to have to put the stamp of stupid on this episode. But that was just <laughs> that made it worth what like it's not like this episode isn't worth watching. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree. This is this was fun. I mean, it's it's like a parody of Space 1999, basically, which also from what people have been telling me might be season two. But <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of things that say that this belonged in season two, which is. Well, not that surprising considering what I've heard about season two. Yeah. But, you know, if it can be this entertaining while also being that stupid, I, I can live with that, you know. I, it, but, yeah, when you get a nice meaty episode like last week, you know, it is a bit mm -hmm. of a uh, a bit of a killjoy or Voyager's Return. You know, those again. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you're like when the name stuck to it, you're expecting more. I mean, yeah, our, all our of the name, all the episodes that have guests. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. So here you are stuck with the full circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the full circle. Well, um, okay, here here we go. Let me this I'm reading this from Wiki. In a positive review, John Kenneth Murr praises the episode as a study of human nature, writing that the use of beautiful location shooting gives the story a remarkable boost in terms of visuals and excitement, and he applauds the plot twist concerning the Eagles caveman passenger. The filming of the chase scene involving Venice and Barry Gray's music school score, which Murr believes underlines the action brilliantly. However, he notes that the origin and purpose of the time warp missed are not explained. That sounds like a parody of everything you've been saying, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, actually that, uh, study of human nature, study of human nature. I it's maybe a poor man's study of human nature that Here's was just compound that humans suck <laughs> well we've already learned that humans sucked the last sunset wasn't that, i know wasn't that the point and, of that and yeah. voyagers return and now we're like doubling yeah. down yeah so here's something interesting i had a hunch about this this is the lowest rated episode in season one by a margin actually most of these are at least a lot of these are rated over seven they're a few What's in the one? sixes, five point two. All right, okay. So this is basically like the uh, Space nineteen ninety nine holiday special, then, which fits because we have crave cavemen just screaming at each other, and the Star Wars holiday special has Wookies just screaming at each other for like twenty minutes. Oh, and you know what's crazy? What's crazy? This is actually, <laughs> I'll tell you what's crazy. This is the lowest rated episode of this series. Period. All right. Even so season two is mostly in the, a lot of them are in the sixes. So we found ourselves in, in Spock's brain, which, to be honest, I like Spock's brain. But yeah, it is. It's a yeah. stupid episode. There's stupid Star Trek. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's stupid Star Trek. There's I think every with Star a Trek few good ideas something. with a few good ideas based in. If you watch Spock's brain and think about the nature of the city, it's kind of interesting. But uh, that's that's another discussion for other people. Um <laughs> Yeah, stay this tuned one, for our uh, Star Trek podcast, the, the the celebrating one thousand different Star Trek podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that that you're the villain of the podcaster. That could be the name of it. <laughs> I I hate that you know I just like mainlined Voyager and I a couple of times I was like wow I'd love to talk about this and I'm just like what are you talking about You can't talk about this. You cannot make a podcast about this. You could call. Ever. You could call the full circle. See, I was about to call it missing link. Uh, you could call the, the full circle sort of their threshold, I guess. Except that the science and yeah. threshold at least like had a little more basis in something where this is just, oh, there's this weird timey-wimey mist. 
this is lacking. The thing about Threshold is that it has that ridiculous gut punch of of Janeway just being like, yeah, we had sex. And babies. Lizard yeah, babies. Yeah, wh what makes you think that you initiated the lizard sex? <laughs> <laughs> but uh... and just the, you know... I'd... Anyway, that leads to going for it. Okay, once you break the certain barrier, you're going to be everywhere all at once, uh, not like Michelle mm. Yeoh, and you're going to turn to a salamander. So... Well, that's the the only thing. Honestly, the the worst thing about Threshold is that there's an episode about two seasons later with a bunch of dinosaur people that that know about Voyager, and I wanted that to be like, oh, they were this society that were <laughs> Tom. And no, Jane they were Ray's actually kids. just dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, they're just dinosaurs. It's like, damn it, they can't. They dinosaur they, people. They so quickly just wanted to bury that in Tuvix when there were a bunch of times they could have brought those episodes up. Anyway, now we're just doing a Voyager podcast. That's yep, now we some, are on it. Well, that's just for our because friends I, I think the full circle does have sort of a, a, that strain of insanity that would fun insanity that would later show up in um in Voyager. In yeah, that's the 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 whole tradition of doing just wacky space adventures. I mean, I guess this is a good episode to just get you know if you are going to get you know blackout drunk or eat all the gummies and watch a space 1999 this is the one <laughs> yeah if you're getting home from the tiki bar you're you're drunk this you just want to feel like you're seeing the guys who who white people stole their culture from and i don't i don't know. it's it's a five gummy episode i guess so i think i think cavemen are white people especially oh, in this episode did, did we talk Literally. about what, what happened to the gummies in japan over the past month were they banned or something yeah there was a guy that at a festival in tokyo he had some and he thought they were good so he just started handing them out to people without telling them what they were and then like a dozen people like flipped out and went to the hospital apparently and now they're illegal see there's the whole meme where where it says like don't worry about people handing out edibles to your kids for halloween there's no way i'm sharing my edibles and the thing is japanese people are so nice that they just will hand you edibles and then yeah. that's why they're banned because yeah. you guys are too nice. Well, I don't know. I start thinking if they if they did send in a narc to start handing them out. <laughs> I wouldn't honestly, I wouldn't even give multivitamins out to kids. To hell with them. They could buy their own pills. No, I know I wouldn't I, give I, them Flintstones vitamins. I know, you know, teaching kids, it's like basically if a kid hands me something wrapped, I'll eat it. If it's not wrapped, I'm not eating it. <laughs> well, you're in the right country then. <laughs> yes, yes, that's well, that's the other point. You know, most of the stuff is wrapped. So if someone's like you know, if if you have a seven year old handing you something random, you're not you're like, I don't think I want this. <laughs> Here's a poop. Yeah. <laughs> but, if, do you, but I mean, were the edibles that the guy was handing out individually wrapped? Because I still think that would be the case. I doubt it actually, but um, I, <laughs> okay. I, I I don't know. Anyway, that was a, that was either way. Day, so yeah, I haven't well, I haven't been I haven't been back to Donkey to for months. I don't know what their current. Uh, CBD, the donkey being a discount store that has that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, but the listener doesn't. Don Quixote. Yes. <laughs> Tilting at multiple stories of department store. Yeah. I so, I don't know. Maybe the mist gets you high, and that's why you're a caveman. So, uh, I think the mist is this weird plot device because I they had it, fog machines lying around. Yeah. Like, would this be better if they came out with caveman sensibilities, but they still look like the Alphans? Would that be, I mean, that would be more sensible. Then their brains would just be wrecked by this thing, you know? 
because I think literally like, anything would have been better than I mean anything would have been more interesting than this. Say they all turned into Victorian England or something, but that just would have cost more. It, it feels cost cutty for life of a different. I did find it funny when you mentioned that um, our stars did not want to do the on location work because I started noticing very quickly. Oh my god, they're actually outside, right? And then halfway mm-hmm. in the episode, it's like, what happened to the locations? <laughs> I mean, it feels like there's a lot of stuff missing, and I'm just saying that because I didn't entirely grasp what was happening. But I, again, I might not have been paying enough attention, but I don't think I wasn't paying a lot of attention. I was taking notes. Yeah, um, yeah. I think were, I might have been a viewer. little, I might have been a little bit fixated on the uh, Paul Allen Sandra love triangle. That's also in the book. The book suggests that um, Paul and Sandra had broken up between collision course and this because they're back to back in the book as i mentioned uh so there was an unseen breakup and now alan and sandra have already officially hooked up i don't That's according to <laughs> i the don't book. know if i got that yeah i, I buy I, the I, book <laughs> what i got was it seemed like alan was just trying to trying to throw his just throw some juice around just like hey right. look at this right so in terms and, of the book it makes a little more sense but that could partly be the insane chop of having to send scripts to new york and back you know so by yeah, the time and... you get to the book you can actually have you could do the second third and fourth drafts that they couldn't actually do for the production and and the show is pretty conservative we've only seen the only people we've seen doing anything were married people except for that one time when during the last sunset when Paul and Sandra were outside. It's like, oh, we're outside. We can kiss. Well, you got Sandra wearing skimpy leopard print in this, and people running around bath oh. towels in other episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, well, they're, part they're... of conservative writing is that you put a lady in scantily clad outfit, and but you don't, you don't give her agency. You just put her in an outfit, and then have cavemen just scream at her. And the way That's... the wiki said she kept having wardrobe malfunctions too, because they literally did just say, mm-hmm. give her a piece of leopard prints and make something out of it because they didn't want it to look like like you know made properly like uh raquel welsh or something they wanted it to, they wanted to really feel like something a caveman would have you know yeah i bet they because wanted to feel they something because they really were striving for authenticity in this episode <laughs> yeah like a real real I mean, that's going to, I mean, not to sound like the dirty old man, but all I remember is this is the episode where Sandra runs around in leopard print. So (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it on some level, but it also (laughs) was just depressing on another level. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The title again, I, I have, every time I'm thinking of the title, it's missing link. And this is the full circle, which sounds like a good episode. (laughs) I, Maybe a better version of this would have had Sandra and Caveman Helena just straight up fight for the entire episode. You could rip off the uh, Star Trek fight music for that. That'd be great. Yep. So that music should be in everything. Yeah, it probably should be. I'm, uh, <laughs> I have used that. I've used that music in like 10 different live shows. <laughs> of course. So um, do, do you have any other big observations in your notes you wanted to throw out? Well... Uh, when was it John who threw a caveman into a fire? That was awesome. When, yeah. the ca- when a caveman throws a caveman, see, it's hard to tell who they are unless they do close ups. When a caveman throws a caveman into a fire, that was awesome. 
Okay. Uh, it doesn't I like no matter the, who the little, it was. I like the six wheel yellow Power Wheels vehicle. I don't know if right. that I didn't find any trivia about that. I thought it was cool. Um, it's very weird how they solved the whole mystery by finding out that the caveman had caps on their teeth. But I guess hey, that's that something. That makes sense. I have Does caps it? on my teeth. I, but I like, if your body like changes into a caveman body, but then it changes back like nothing happened, oh, then yeah, why, why the would you still have there? the teeth? Yeah, that doesn't make any changed. sense. We found a plot hole, finally, in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, yeah, this, I'd, I'd say this is, at the very least, fun to talk about. I, oh, here we go. I like when... Um, it, was that Kano that goes to the planet uh, and he's just obsessed with lunch? Yeah. It's one like, of the few lunch? times that, Where's that lunch? Kano gets to leave Moonbase Alpha. It's, it's a weird thing where he's not. And then he's very excited when lunch is there. So he doesn't care about any of the missing elephants. He's totally thinking about lunch, which I thought was funny. And I thought it was funny. I wasn't even thinking that much about the Victor should have stayed on Moonbase Alpha, but the part where he's just waking up from taking a, you know, whatever nap in the middle of the forest in a sleeping bag and he's just sort of whistling and humming and having a oh yeah time. i might notice that, that was Victor like, loves camping <laughs> like what are you doing everyone's dead <laughs> or something or missing and you're in charge and whistle and you're while not you even there <laughs> oh i'm in the forest and is <laughs> but he's always fun but sometimes his motivations just don't make any sense. I mean, his character's motivations. Like I said, I think he's got an underlying strain of Austin Powers that just kind of crops <laughs> up here and there. <laughs> yeah, he's, I I like his, that it feels like he's just determined to have fun with this dumb, stupid idea. Okay, I, like I tried to times. say I tried to say the, the, the nice things. Now <laughs> now I'll just start saying the other things I thought was funny. Um, Alan searching for Sandra in the cave was hysterical because he just yeah. keeps screaming Sandra every five <laughs> seconds. It's like, dude, <laughs> and he already knows there's like vicious cavemen around by that point. So, yeah, he hasn't worked out there. Um, you know the Alpha Jet, but he's yeah he's screaming knowing that there's people that might like attack him. So. Uh, that that's mildly dumb. Oh, oh, and and like they're not phasers. What are these things? They do they give a name to their gun things? Um, I I swear I saw something about. I this. feel like they must have one. But anyway, I thought that it was funny that the settings literally were stun and kill. That was <laughs> that was added switch. in this episode. Yes. Yeah, it's also saying? sort of a you know, it's directly referenced Star Trek, right? Yeah, I just thought it was funny that it literally just said kill they uh they're called stun guns okay so but now they can also be kill guns right if you you switch the switch a stun gun becomes a kill gun i got it yeah they were added for this episode just so we could make sure that we could see that oh when they're doing their um ceremony with sandra which you know their long-running ceremony of eight hours or so um Mm -hmm. yeah I, I, i wrote that was the um the wish app temple of doom (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely some temple of doom vibes i wonder if maybe steven spielberg watched this and said hmm i could do that maybe there should be more gore in this I mean, yeah 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 couldn't couldn't have done it here but yeah it was nope. i mean and hey give props this, they did it ten, almost 10 years earlier here so well i would argue that the smoldering corpse from death's other dominion was about as awesome as anything from an indiana jones movie i don't know um 
Yeah, sure. I'll go along with that. They may they may not be allowed to do that for somebody who gets attacked by somebody else. But mm. oh, um, I, I guess we are we are charting the uh, continuing relationship between Koenig and Russell, and I, I definitely had the impression that they were going to do it at the end of this episode with the smiling freeze frame, kind of like uh, really pushing that forward. Like they got really horny at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they sort of acknowledged that they kind of had feelings at all, which they don't usually. Yeah. I mean, um, we did get kind of a return of the whispering Koenig in this episode. We haven't seen whispering Koenig for a while. And he you did, get did super few... screamy Koenig. And yeah, of course. Him, so you get the best uh-huh. of all worlds. Do you think if he became a caveman for a while and screamed a lot, that he'd just get out of his system and stop screaming at people? Nah, nah, you you can you can never you can take the man out of the screen, but you can never take the scream out of the man. Sorry, that that makes less sense in this episode. <laughs> well, you wrote it, and it was written, so you're pretty much it. Get, it doesn't get much worse than this writing. The guy who wrote the Ten Commandments wrote this. Like, how about that? <laughs> right. Let's, let's 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 give that let's give that a moment of silence. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was a moment. So this is pretty close to the end of his career, though. I, he sort of just did a few things after this. And how then, old was he then? Uh do do do. He would have been. He's born nineteen ten, so he would have been like sixty five. Oh, uh, okay. I wanted to be like in his eighties, so you could imagine. Whoa! <laughs> and then that's close. right again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe in the seventies it was that old. I don't know. Oh, um, how did you feel about the yellow vehicular space tub? That was pretty. Oh, cool. I loved it. Moon buggy. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It looked it almost like the, the vi- from the video game Moon Buggy. It looked like that, which is <laughs> great. I like that. <laughs> I love again. This uh, was before that, so Temple of Doom. Uh, um, should have had Ewoks, Moon Buggy. I mean, there's lots so of things that I have to correct you and say. Venting. I have to correct you and say Moon Patrol just in case someone tweets at you later. Okay, thank you because Protecting I wasn't sure it. when I wrote it. Yes, no, I, I didn't actually do the search <laughs> and I haven't played the game for 15 years. So <laughs> I have a, it's been a lot less than 15 years for me. Um, I have played it kind of recently, but um, will you yeah. have classic arcades around? Well, and emulators out, out the butt. Okay, good point. <laughs> um, but but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, that, I love how the Alan looks ridiculous in the moon buggy, and then it looks even more ridiculous when the three guys all get into it and crammed crammed together. It's just like a fun, wacky, obviously a real vehicle. Yeah, but I didn't oh. find any trivia about it. And the space they have the space trail markers. That was pretty cool. Those hmm. weird, like they had the arrow and they were kind of transparent, and they stuck them in the trees. I guess I, I you know I, I was I was an Eagle Scout. I used to go hiking a lot, so I noticed. Because you're always looking for the blazes on trees when you're hiking, so they had these like hmm. translucent space things they were sticking in the trees. That's how. That's how why people kept going into the mist. They were following the markers, which went into the mist. Well, there's something that almost makes sense. Um, cool. Yeah, there along those lines, we're gonna see the moon buggy again. Okay, the moon patrol is coming back then. I think there are more than one even. Mm. Um. I think I got through all my my snark. If you, unless you got something else you <laughs> want to throw out on it, 
I don't know. I'm my mind is poisoned because I listened to our collision course episode and I think it was one of our most fun episodes. So now I just want to yell about episodes. Okay. I haven't listened to it yet. So, uh, <laughs> I have a problem. I am addicted to listening to myself talk, which is bad. Yeah. You probably get over it at some point, <laughs> but yeah, maybe. Yeah. You, no. you, I'll ask you who has recorded 3000 podcasts and I have only recorded about a hundred. Okay. Well, a hundred still a lot, um, I think. but but um yeah i mean it is kind of a fun episode i don't i mean i'm not just taking a dump on it don't show this to yeah. someone as the first base 1999 for <laughs> sure um go for a smarter one <laughs> this is totally skippable but it's fun i i don't i don't hate it, it, it it's just is it the what is what is the most fun episode because this is in the ranking for most, the most fun episode um, I think the most fun episode is the last sunset. I was going to put that out as possibly being the actual winner of that title. Um, because that just, uh, I mean, possibly death Southern Dominion is the most fun episode. One of those two, I think would be the, the thing about this episode is that there's not, there's not a whole lot to hang your hat on. I think for an episode to be fun, you have to feel like there's some stakes probably. Right. Well, in our for our question, how much of this is a uh, existential dread? How much is it sci-fi fun? This is my first time. Well, it's just a hundred percent sci-fi fun. There's really no yeah. dread here. Uh, Me too. Just, Me too. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just. I, I mean, that one guy I, was like, "This is a treatise on human nature." So obviously, he got something out of it, but I, I didn't. <laughs> it didn't make enough sense for me to to feel any dread, and also, it's one of those things where. It, the the thing that really sealed it was that everyone's injuries just healed when they stopped being cavemen. So there's just nothing, nothing well, no, happened again, really. Koenig had for... the head trauma. Uh, Russell was taking care yeah. of people in Med Bay after being a cave woman an hour earlier. So <laughs> yeah, it just it felt so low stakes and so. Sorry, that that was my other bit of snark. They just sent her yeah. straight back into being chief doctor after being a screaming gay yeah. woman that almost murdered a crew member. <laughs> and, and really, I don't think that this is, I don't think it would take any of this to make people wonder what would I be like if 40,000 years ago? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That, they all right? forgot about it. They don't Never, know. What, but, no one remembered what happened when they're a gay person. So there's no uh, useful perspective. I feel like that's part of being like a 10 year old is just, huh? Wonder what I would have been like as a cave person. That's not even that's not even really profound. It's like what would I be like if I was if I grew up in Russia instead of the US? I mean, I'm not not trying to throw shade at Superman or anything, but that's not, you know, you you can do something with that. Well, they got but the red this sun episode, comic book. I know. Which is better than this, right? <laughs> I think it is. I've what never is read it. It's fun. Probably. Mm. I haven't I haven't read it. I'm sorry. I watched some of the animated thing and I thought it was okay. Um, Radio. Yeah. But it, but this is, this doesn't, it doesn't ask a compelling question and it doesn't answer the question. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> um, and like I said, really the amount of bongos on the soundtrack, just, I, I don't like the feeling that somebody thinks it's super cool that they're doing something that they're going to blow the your mind. are super cool. My it, mind was it, blown, man. It was just so on the nose. I like the bongos. I, I the the best comparison is that Pink Panther episode where it's the psychedelic one, and then the credits get all weird. Aka, but that's the best one, one of the great. 
that's that is one of the greatest cartoons ever made <laughs> so like they can do that but this is not one of the greatest episodes of space 1999 ever made from a certain it, mathematically <laughs> it's if you, if you take the imdb scores and reverse them then it is <laughs> well so so is it so bad it's good I guess that's the question I really need to ask for this one. Maybe that's going to be the season two question. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's a pretty good question, and I think it is. Yeah, I was like, going to say it is. It's, like, it's I, funny. This this one is... Is... Sorry, right on the heels of uh, I Know Who Killed Me, which is exactly this walks the same line, really. Uh, for our other podcast, I'm halfway through podcasts. watching The Hunt. Um, which is a much better than this, but I'm never going to rewatch The Hunt. I might rewatch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love The Hunt and never rewatch it. That sounds like good. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler for a different podcast, I guess. And you have, it will not well, spoiler for you know what? even started. Yeah. You should listen to the podcast. The oh, why don't podcasts. you tell us about those? Such as the one we were just talking about is. Films and filth. The citizen came to podcast. Hey, we're back on the list. We're not on strike anymore. Um, check it out. We're going over the top and bottom one hundred movies and rated IMDb. Um, all of them are rated either higher or lower than this episode we just talked about. Um, other podcasts you can check out include Luke Loves Pokemon, where Luke talks about different family Pokemon game game show, the game show about games, occult Disney, going over the connections between. Disney and the Occult, uh, Time Enough podcast going over the Twilight Zone, also no longer on strike, and Hyrule Field Report going over Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and uh, you can find all of those podcasts at patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. I mean, you can find links to them. You don't have to go to Patreon to listen to them, but you can find stuff on the Patreon and also give us money because we need money. You can so hear Mark and myself talking about synthesizers for like 20 minutes and then me bitching out my <laughs> microphone for like 20 minutes. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. They'll make you want to give us money just so we'll stop talking. <laughs> um, yeah. What? What? Oh, oh, yeah. Give us money so we can buy giant boulders. Right. Styrofoam boulders and pummel each yes. other. That's that's a that's a Patreon <laughs> here we fly mark to japan and we all pelt each other with giant styrofoam boulders yeah don't i don't want luke to hit me with a giant styrofoam boulder i think he would actually hurt me <laughs> well that was an <laughs> issue that was a concern on the full circle as well <laughs> <laughs> well you know what are we really except for either forty thousand year old people or forty thousand years in the future people smile freeze frame <laughs> <laughs>